1: Wisconsin my, my, live and, and welcome. welcome we're, we're glad, glad you joined, you joined us, us. You, might you might be joining us on youtube or what, some other platform, other platform facebook i'm not, I'm not even sure, sure all the platforms, platforms that, that we, we go, go out live on, on. This, this technology folks is, uh, amazing. is uh, amazing in the, in the run-up, run-up to, the to the show today we're uh, working on learning Learning a new platform. platform. We don't don't usually use Skype, Skype, but but we're using using this this time so so that that we can can interview the uh, great Alan Keyes. And I'm not, we did not not have a chance to do an audio check or anything, so I'm going to see if if we've got uh, their their team on board board here here on the the show. show. Uh, Anybody Anybody there? Hello, Hello. this This is um, is Alan
2: Key. can Can you hear me?
1: Yes, sir. I can hear you, but I cannot see you, which is fine. Uh well, I the show
2: but see me in a minute or two. Oh,
1: okay. Dr. Key should, should I can you hear me okay, Dr. Keys? Should I call I can you, Dr. Hear you Very key? well.
2: Uh, could you give me a moment because we're continuing, you know, we're on uh, continually with our audience here. Uh, and I have to let them know what we're doing. Uh, and I am actually going to be interviewed today. Uh, but, uh, so that uh, those of you who are watching us on imtv.us, you need to know that. Uh, and so the uh, the direction that we take uh, is going to be determined uh, by the very capable questions uh, that will be put to us. And I'm sitting here also with a good friend of mine, John Diamond, who I think is also known to you guys.
1: Uh, so yes, sir. Uh, we're- sure, Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I know. I know John Diamond, and I can see you. Uh- So welcome to Wisconsin Christian News Television Live. You're about a quarter of an inch in a round circle on this uh, phone that I'm looking at. So it's very, very tiny. Uh, But thank you both for joining us, John Diamond. Can you hear me? I can
3: hear you. How are we doing today?
1: Awesome. Great. Thanks, John. Give a quick introduction to yourself. I think you're in the process of releasing a new book. Is that right?
3: Well, I just released my book, uh, An Appeal to Heaven, A Cry for Divine Justice, um, just re-released out on TBN. Um, but the big thing that we're working on right now is that uh, news and journalism conference, so we can get a whole lot more people to do what you and Alan Keyes are already doing. So I'm, I'm delighted to sit in between t- uh, two men that have been in this a lot longer than I have, and I hope to be able to pick the mantle up and run you know, in, in, the, in the tracks that you guys have laid before me.
1: Well, I uh, commend you, John, for your courage to jump into the deep end of the pool here on the Internet. And uh, do, should I call you Dr. Keys, Alan, or how would well, you Alan it? is fine.
2: It's and the one Alan, I've responded to for the longest.
1: <laughs> that's great. I really appreciate you taking time to be with us on Wisconsin Christian News television live stream. And I want to welcome your audience. Uh, thank you for exposing our audience to to you because this is a new format we're not able a, a new pl- uh, technology that we're using in order to produce this uh our audience will not be able to interact today like they're used to so they they like to ask questions alan and john and uh they, they won't be able to do that I just want to warn them that, that that's the case so i'll be asking all the uh questions and leading the discussion let me start uh alan by saying how uh, moved, I was by your observations, by the observations you shared in uh, New Orleans during the Tony Spell event. I really want to explore your ideas, the, the ideas you expressed there uh, during the next hour. To set that up, let's you and I just have a short conversation. I th- John, you were there as well. Let's just talk, talk a minute uh, conversationally about why we we all were in New Orleans. Uh, real quick, I drove from Maine to New Orleans because so few uh, pastors and churches chose at the outset of COVID to do what Tony Spell and his church did, which was to stay open. And mm. they just they didn't buy the science. They questioned the science, and they chose—they and they, they went uh, in favor of maintaining their religious practices— because they didn't trust the science and because they weren't going to take the word of the politicians. And I just thought that was a stunning, courageous thing for them to do. And the pastor, of course, was arrested 33 times. They put him in jail. He was at war with the mayor for over a year. Uh, he ended up with um, with uh, Roy Moore as his attorney, and we were there for the hearing. And I'll stop there and let one of you two gentlemen jump in. Give us the reason you came and and, and what was what happened there for you that was meaningful?
2: Well, I went because I was asked to go and uh, help folks uh, to realize in their spirit the importance uh, of what uh, had been done because I think the pastor was obviously taking a stand that was akin to what had to be done when Christianity first began. And the apostles were being told, oh, you can't, Uh, heal in that name, you can't preach in that name, you can't teach in that name, and they answered simply, who are we to obey, God or you? And I think in our way of life in America, that question has only one answer, but it's an answer we are allowed to give. Our Constitution guarantees us the right to give that answer, that God is the one, and we look to him first. And in fact, our, our right to do so, that it is right for us to do so, is the first thing established in the Bill of Rights. It's the first thing they take care of. Uh, and, and so I uh, felt that uh, when I, the minute I was uh, told, I said, well, this is what God wants me to do. I'm gone.
1: <laughs> Amen. And I'm so glad you were there because, as I said, your words and your thoughts, your analysis of the situation that we're in in America today was uh, very helpful to me personally, and I know I'm sure it was the same for those who were in the crowd and those who were perhaps able to take it in via live stream or uh, some archive version of your speeches. You gave two of them. Both of them were were excellent. John Diamond, you were there as well. Tell us, give us your impressions. And folks, just to give you a little more background as John prepares uh, to comment, uh, Tony Spell is the pastor of a well-known church in Baton Rouge, and uh, he as I said before, didn't it, the mayor said, everybody said, even uh, Family Research Council came with the sheriff and said, You need to close this church at the beginning of COVID. And the church said, No, we're not going to close it. And they kept it open, they kept worshiping, they kept putting God first the whole time. And they lived in conflict with the government to the point where the pastor was uh, forced to wear an ankle bracelet so that the government could track him at all times. It was the The level to which the government went in order to interfere with this man's uh I would call him human rights uh is just stunning John Diamond
3: yeah, I mean this was right in my wheelhouse, so um I didn't know about it. Coach Dave invited me down um and, and he was like this this is your wheelhouse here, this appeal to heaven. the understanding that there is a judge that outranks every human judge um is is the message that Ned debris brought down there, so When they invited me, the first person I thought to invite was was Dr. Keyes. I'm like, we need to get him down there speaking. So I was glad he was able to come down and share that with us. But you saw by all the Appeal to Heaven flags that were flying there at the event, um, we've we've lost the understanding of what the Founding Fathers understood that, that when you are run by a tyrannical government and you've made every appeal and petition that you can to these tyrants and they refuse to give you you know, I won't say give you back because they didn't have the right to take them, quit trying to suppress your God-given rights, then there is one more court left to appeal to, and that's the Supreme Court of Heaven. So many times we want to think about the, the throne room as, as a temple, but the throne room is, is just as much a seat of government, Isaiah thirty-three twenty-two. Christ is king, lawgiver, and judge. That's the entire, That's the entire government, executive, judicial, and legislative and we have lost sight of the idea that God is the supreme governor of the universe. You look at how many times the Bounding Fathers didn't call God the savior or anything else, they called him the supreme governor of the universe. So we have to get back to the understanding that when your government rebels against God, when they become the tyrants, then we need to appeal to heaven. And that's what we did, we came down there, we flew those flags, I, I spoke on that, we led a prayer on that, and what happened? That The, the higher courts were over, overturned, in my, in my opinion, by the Supreme Court of Heaven, and they exonerated him for everything.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I was impressed that's- with that outcome. I, I wasn't expecting it, to tell you the truth. Uh, and I think that it was this way and that, uh, and even uh, Judge Moore said that he was quite prepared to go to the Supreme Court. Uh, And and make that argument. And I was interested in that statement because I thought to myself, well, the way they behaved in terms of the election and all this leaves open the question of whether the Supreme Court is right now on a wavelength that takes the Constitution seriously and we'll see. But as it turned out, the court that uh, was in session uh, was on that wavelength.
1: The, the, that was what. That was the district court, right at the federal level, just below the Supreme Court. That was
2: that and, was the district court.
1: And they and, and they, then, they uh, sent they sent it back to the lower the net the lower court. So it did. So it uh it's up to the uh, uh, governor now to appeal it. I would assume to the Supreme Court.
2: Yeah, if it's going right? to be appealed, it has to be the losers who appeal it to the court. Uh, and and uh, that would be uh, the governor and the officials who uh, were putting this burden uh, against. I, Constitutional right on the pastor.
1: Yeah, Alan, can you summarize? Uh, um, Tony Spell called, uh, used the word pure. This was a pure case uh, that was being brought as opposed to a, an, a, you know, I don't know what he meant by pure. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But anyway, I'm sure you can summarize the uniqueness uh, of that argument, of that case. And one of the points that Tony made was, Tony Spell, was that. The cases that we're used to hearing post-COVID relating to churches have been made on equal, what's the word, Mm -hmm. equal, uh, maybe, can you explain the difference? Do you know what I'm talking about?
2: Yeah, I I, I think that what folks have done in a lot of cases is accept the notion that the government is exercising uh, a, a, a proper authority and then questioning the judgments that were made about how they applied that authority, right? Because uh, we are all supposed to uh, uh, be accorded equal protection of the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you start discriminating against this insti- that institution uh, without exactly. just cause to differentiate, uh, uh, then you're violating the Constitution. Now that's one way of making the argument, but it's a way that doesn't take account of the fact that one doesn't have to rely on the equal protection clause, because the First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or, or abridging the free exercise thereof, right? Uh, that covers the whole situation. It means you've got to be hands off the church. Mm-hmm. It means essentially that there is no basis for the government to come in and interfere with that relationship with God. Uh, and I think that that's clearly what the, what the founders intended, right? And people will say, yeah. well, there's always been uh, this idea that if people are uh, in the midst of a plague, then uh, the government gets to limit uh, things in this way and in that way and the other way. But even in the midst of the plagues, and in, 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 for instance, one of the uh, premier things that is talked about in uh, scripture that was noticed about Christians was noticed, I think it was a plague in Corinth where the Christian people were, got to be renowned because instead of running away from the danger, they ran into the danger mm-hmm. to provide comfort and help and consolation to the people who, who were there. For the government to say that we cannot make a responsible decision before God to show that courage to rely on his providence rather than the providence of vaccines and other sorts of things. That's absurd. Uh, and and yep. finally, of course, there was the question at a practical level of whether or not, given that this is a protected right under the Constitution, there were, were exigent circumstances that then required for the safeguarding of the whole community that these things be imposed. And that obviously was not the case. And so the argument made on those grounds fell of its own weight.
1: Yeah, and I think that we're seeing, Alan and John, the collapse of categories in the United States of America and the West that are essential categories, I think especially in the United States of America, because we are not a democracy first. We use democratic means in order to make decisions and and set priorities. But we are a constitutional republic, and a, a, a constitutional republic can't work if if hierarchies are erased and everything is made equal. It, to put a finer point on the question I want to ask you, Alan and, and John, um, it's not just the church that was uh, – everything, everybody, every category was violated by the COVID cult in how it deployed its attack once the virus – became uh, you know an issue it, it, i noticed it from the beginning i feel stronger today about it than i felt when it all started there was no negotiating there was no real science done there was no honoring of anyone's rights or humanity or thoughts or opinions or 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 truth you know or there there was almost there was no regard for truth even it was just the mm. governments of the world all of a sudden this virus emerges, nobody can tell us much about it, or even its origin. That's everything's a point of argument and contention. And they they use this fog of war as justification to erase everything, all distinctions, all categories, make everything equal, and them the dictator. Make the governments of the world the dictator, and they're going to dictate right down to whether or not you can leave your right down to whether you can leave your house.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that's an absolutely vital point because it answers a question that should have been on all our minds from the get go. Especially, however, as it started to appear. I mean, in the first couple of three weeks, um, I was thinking to myself, well, we're having a demonstration here of how law abiding Americans are. And I don't mind that demonstration because I think we are basically uh, a, a, a people who understand that we have a government of laws. But when it became clear that we were not being told the truth, that there was not a knowledgeable basis for what was being required of us, that these uh, measures were being honored in the breach by the very people imposing them, giving you the sense that they weren't seriously intended for any real health purpose, right? That's when I think the whole thing started to come under question. Now, the first part of that, is a voluntary response, isn't it? Mm -hmm. We're going to do what's right for the common good. We're people who care about other people. If you tell me that we need to do it this way so that we can learn the situation and keep from harming other people, I'm a good person. I'm going to do that. I think God would approve of that attitude, right? Mm. Uh, But when you're lying to me, when it turns out that you don't know what you're talking about, that your measures are arbitrary, the question then has to be answered, what are you doing this for? What's the real goal of all of this? And that's what I think hangs, hang, hung over that whole COVID year, and it's still with us right now. What is I, actually I, the goal of this imposition of health fascism, of health totalitarianism? Think, uh, and I don't think, think that, it's health.
1: Don't you, don't you think, Alan, that's just intensifying? I just think it's... Now, they're, now they're, they're trying a Delta variant. How can anybody not seriously, meaningfully attack that with their mind and say, "Why? What? what, you know? So I, I think it's getting worse. I think they're intensifying it, aren't they?
2: Well, they're intensifying it also because, how can I put it? There was a, a disturbing characteristic that was there from the get-go. And that disturbing characteristic was the imposition of repression against people who were talking about therapies and other things needed to handle the virus, right?
1: Yes, great point. So
2: if the goal was really to safeguard lives and we're being attacked, they used this at first, we're being attacked by the virus. We've got to, you know, do what's necessary to keep the virus from killing people and so forth and so on. Uh, Well, if you're attacked by an enemy, the first thing you do is assess what resources you have to fight against that enemy directly, to stop that enemy from killing people, to curtail the damage that that enemy can do. Instead, we were told, abandon the battlefield, go into the basement, shut your mouths and do what you're told. Mm -hmm. It didn't make any sense. And when the frontline doctors came forward and said, wait a minute, (laughs) wait a minute, we have therapies, we can treat people, we can actually cure uh, this problem. They repressed that information, and that told me something else is going on. Why would you repress information about what will serve the purpose of defeating the virus? It didn't make any sense. That, that should have been a key alarm bell, that these people yep. weren't really trying to do anything good for us. They were simply trying to put us under a regime, test out how far we would accept what is essentially the overthrow of our constitutional way of life, right?
1: I, I can feel the audience out there. I wish you could ask questions or make points, but John Diamond's there and he can do it. So, go ahead, John.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, early on, a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of holes in their story started to happen. We had a young lady owns a bakery in our in our little town of Cory, Pennsylvania, and she said she was going to stay open. Her people needed paychecks; they had bills to pay, and they stayed open. Well, man, she got you know, assaulted on Facebook. And I sat there and just watched it while, while I was still allowed on Facebook at the time. But I was sit there and watched everybody attacking her. And then I finally just said, I said, why don't you just all shut up and go to Walmart? Apparently the virus doesn't know to go to their bakery and not another person said a word. <laughs> so, I mean, you've got a virus that's smart enough. You know, in Pennsylvania, we had wrestlers who were allowed to wrestle for, for nine minutes, but they couldn't shake hands after the match because of a virus. We, we have a bake, a virus that knows to go to a small bakery but not to a Walmart bakery. We have the NBA basketball players and NFL football players that can sweat on each other, breathe on each other, tackle each other for an entire game, but then have to go sit on the bench and wear a mask. None of this made any sense. There were so many holes in this nonsense that— I mean, you had to be less than mm. ignorant to not at least go, wait, something is not right here.
1: So, uh, Alan and, and John, I, we, I think our audience and you, we all know that the main culprit that is sustaining this, uh, this attack on our humanity is the media. And uh, we're, we're blessed now. You, you've got IMTV and we're working a platform. Many people are starting up independent platforms. Alan and John, what's your prediction for the next uh, 12 months, 12 to 24 months, with respect to the media, the, not just the mainstream media. We we all know all about CNN's tanking numbers, blah, blah, blah. And we know that they're the reason that so many people are getting vaccines and not questioning uh, what's really going on. But at the same time, there is uh, this Internet phenomenon that, that's rising, and there it's obviously effective because otherwise youtube wouldn't be canceling uh, independent voices responsible voices by the way people with opinions that ju- just simply run counter to what cnn is promoting and they're they're literally they're erasing videos coach dave alive had uh built up an audience from the beginning of youtube from before youtube was purchased by google so that goes way back he'd been on there with a channel and they just uh, two days ago, erased thousands of videos without explanation. They just said, you're, you're done. They, they gave them the strikes. You can't do anything about the strikes. And then they just erased everything. That 10 years well, of work.
2: See, I have to confess that I think part of that problem has to do with the dereliction of our representatives in the legislatures throughout the country and in the Congress. Um, And that means that the real key to the future now uh, is to make sure that we can can have, because in spite of all the lies the media is telling, there is a deep, deep question mark behind the election of 2020 that has to be answered. It is not about partisan politics. It's not even about who won and who lost, because at the end of the day, If cheating goes on, and that cheating thwarts the expression of will, sullies the expression of will, tarnishes the expression of will by the people, then our constitutional self-government has been overthrown, Mm -hmm. and our peace is at stake. For once you do that, at the end of the day, you are standing on the threshold of an abyss of war, and there's no avoiding it. It's slavery or war. Mm-hmm. And that's not what our way of life is about, but that's what they're trying to force us into. That's right. um, and, and I think that that becomes a key focal point now for the question of what is the significance of what's happening, because what has this administration been doing, this administration of alleged President Biden? Um, it has been, among other things, working hard to indoctrinate our military forces in an understanding of America in which America no longer exists. Not as a country founded on July 4th, but as a country started with slavery in 1619 and all this garbage, all these lies being told about the country. And then the other day, alleged President Biden gets up and he says, all that stuff about, uh, uh," you know, he's quoting, uh, or mangling the quote from Jefferson about the tree of liberty has to be watered every twenty generation by the, the blood of patriots. He's all that stuff about blood of patriots. That never happened. It never happened. That patriotic Americans risked and gave their lives to defend this country's liberty. What world has that monster come from? That he would dare to say such a thing from the bully pulpit and then afterwards look at us and say, and anyway... You no, know, the the whole Second Amendment that's about hunting. And anybody who entertains that you have to resist uh, the, the uh, power of government, remember we have F-15s in nuclear weapons. That's a threat against the body politic coming from the President of the United States. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have to look much further to know this is this is not about health, it's not about a virus. It's about a totalitarian takeover of our government absolutely, and about people looking us in the eye and saying, as Eric Holder told you, you're a nation of cowards. And we know that you'll be able to do nothing about it when we strip your country of its God endowed rights. Because anyway, we've spent all these decades suborning you into turning your back on God and you'll have no spirit left from him. To fight the battle. That's what they're counting on. That's
1: right. We're talking with the great Alan Keyes and John Diamond. It's the bottom of the hour. We've got a full hour with them. If, in, if you're in the audience and you're used to participating, asking questions, making points, I apologize. We can't do that this week. But when we ca- come back from our two-minute and 15-second break, uh, we will uh, continue talking about whether we think America is going to go under slavery or declare war on, it sounds like the President of the United States who has declared war on us. Stay tuned, folks. And if you're tuning in on uh, TV, Alan's platform, then I'm, I think probably we're just going to keep on going. So
3: go ahead with right. the
1: break yeah. on Wisconsin Christian News' side, and and we'll keep going on uh, Alan's side. Pornography is a destructive force. It destroys
0: individuals, families, and fuels the out-of-control demand for sex trafficking. Forty five of Christian families say porn is a problem in their home, but why aren't churches and public schools talking about this? Fear. People who view porn think they're the only one. It's a lie. Statistically, more people view porn than who do not, and struggle in silence. www.lynfrederick.com. You can find the book I wrote about my own battle with porn and the presentations that I do for churches and public schools. www.lynfrederick.com.
2: At the McClerio Firm, it all starts with
1: family. We are here to serve you and your family, online or in person. Call today for a free consultation. The McClario Firm, your law firm for life.
0: Are you a parent, mentor, or youth leader searching for meaningful books to engage your middle and high schoolers? Look no further. The books in the Off the Itinerary series by author M. Liz Boyle are receiving outstanding reviews for their compelling plots and strong Christian themes avalanche chased and soon to be released ablaze are available on amazon and at most bookstores check out mlizboil.com for discussion guides to accompany each book this is leighton howerton and i've learned a lot from my monthly subscription to the wisconsin christian news It's a national newspaper that's dedicated to encouraging you in your Christian walk. And it's chock-plum full of biblically sound articles and commentaries from some of the best Christian writers and authors in the country that, in my opinion, are more than up to the task of taking on the toughest issues in the midst of all the uncertainties we're facing living in times like these. Wisconsin Christian News is a nationally and internationally distributed newspaper and is a vitally important resource that you don't want to miss out on reading, either in print or through an online subscription. And to get your copy, all you have to do is visit www.wisconsinchristiannews.com. That's www.wisconsinchristiannews.com. And tell my old friend, publisher and editor, Rob Pugh, sign me up today.
1: Our, welcome, oh. Wisconsin Christian News. Well, Wisconsin Christian News viewers and listeners, welcome back from the break. And uh, you're catching Alan Keyes in the, in, in the middle of uh, an explanation of his comment regarding war or slavery. Alan, go ahead and continue.
2: Well, I think that, that they, they may be trying to impose this bad choice upon us, but we still have a Constitution, we still have opportunities to go to the polls and change the situation uh, of who is in fact controlling uh, uh, the levers of government at all levels. Starts in uh, uh, 22 uh, and will be repeated again in 24. That basically means that we're kind of at a point where whatever they want, and I think they want war, by the way. I think they're trying to push this country into war like nobody's business. I think critical race theory is all about exacerbating racial tensions in order to produce a war. That's a standard part of communist overthrow strategy. Get your enemies fighting with one another. Induce them to commit suicide against one another. We must not give in to that desire. It's what they want us to be, right? So we must... Fight by all the means available to us. Parents are doing it against school boards now, and others are doing it as individuals to keep our churches open and vindicate our constitutional rights. Win, lose, or draw, we must fight the battles our Constitution lets us fight and requires that we fight in order to preserve our liberty. So if they want war, we need to fight that war by constitutional means until they show their true colors, which they already have. Because a party that worships the killing of innocent children in the womb is a party of killers. And they worship also the Marxist, Leninist, Maoist, Stalinist, uh, uh, Soviet communist types. And they were killers. These people are mass murderers who worship mass murderers. I don't care what they say. right. right? But we are not. And until we get to that point, We have to use our Constitution in order to preserve our constitutional way of life. Final point, that means that the number one issue facing the American people right now is the integrity of our elections. Mm -hmm. Because I think that these folks have lost the country already. I think that most Americans looking at the spectacle of their tyranny have been turned against them. Some people I've been hearing and talking to, they, Democrats voted for Biden saying, what on earth is he doing? They're turning against him because they were not voting for the overthrow of the Constitutional Republic, the overthrow of the government of, by, and for the people. Uh, but if we take debate and rush into some kind of violent action, that's going to be a mistake. I think we need to fight our fight under the rubric that our founding allows and that our God... Superintends, And every time we've been mindful of his superintendence, every time we've been on our knees in prayer to him for the right answer, guess what? It has come when others said it would not. Many thought that we were going to be finished once the issue of slavery broke us up. It turned out not to be the case. Even after a bitter war, the Union survived. It turned out not to be the case that we could not Deal with the issue of segregation. Deal with the issue of the exploitation of children in the workplace. Deal with the issue of votes for women as part of the human race. All these issues dealt with when they said we could not deal with them. And I think that the important issue of whether we have real elections, not fraudulent elections manipulated by machines and mail-in ballots so we don't get the right count, Uh, I think we can do that, too, and we must, for the next several years, dedicate ourselves to that purpose so that every election is an election that, at the end of the day, is about removing the people who want us to act as if nothing happened Mm -hmm. and electing the people who will scrutinize and change so that when we go to the polls, our votes will truly be counted as they were cast. right.
1: John Diamond, what do you think?
3: No, I agree completely, and and the the problem that we've had is people have not been trained in communism, and I think I just saw Florida, somebody just passed a law saying that they they will start teaching the evils of communism in the schools. Now, I spent eight years in the military, and I was trained during the Cold War, so I was trained against these Marxist principles, and I understood many, many years ago, um, when I wrote my first book, that this was a Marxist-Communist kind of invasion, uh, secret invasion. When the when the hanging Chad stuff happened down in Florida, and I saw how much the media was blowing that up, I told everybody that would listen, which was very few people at the time. I said, Stalin said, I don't care who votes. He said, I care who counts the votes. Mm. And I said, this is just a fabricated facade. This is a made up, generated thing by the deep state, the communist deep state to get away from paper ballots that can be easily counted and verified and go to electronic voting machines where they can just finagle the software any way they wanted. And I was called a conspiracy theorist, nobody wanted to listen, and I'm like, it's a communist tactic, they've used it in other countries for decades. And nobody wanted to listen to it, and then when the the quote-unquote pandemic came down, and about a couple weeks later, I prayed, and I told this to my church, and I could pull you up 50 witnesses up here. I said, here's what the Lord showed me. This has nothing to do with a virus. This has to do with them overturning the election in four states. And I showed them the map of 2016 and then the one that Obama won. And I said, Trump swung Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, Ohio and Wisconsin. I said, they're not even worried about locking down Nebraska and Iowa or any of these other states because they don't care about their electoral votes. I said, all they're doing is locking down these four states so they can go to mail-in ballots so they can swing those four states. I told that to my church back in April. And again, it was a conspiracy theory. Everybody poo pooted it and then boom, here come the elections. They saw Pennsylvania and all these states, Michigan, um, flipping in the middle of the night. And I came back that next Sunday and I said, when are you going to quit thinking this is a conspiracy Mm. theory? Mm. All right, because when you pray and ask God what's happening, he'll tell you what's happening. He'll give you discernment to see with eyes that can't see. Mm. But no, we just wanted to react to the media. We just wanted to react to what everybody was telling us. Mm. And Christians are so good-hearted and good-natured, they can't possibly envision people being this evil. All right, I was 27 years old before I got saved. Trust me, I know how evil can people can be because I was one of them. And, and it's very hard for me to speak to Christians, you know, that there is the children of God and there are the children of the devil. There are people that actually want you dead, mm-hmm. they can't fathom that. They cannot understand that you can go back to Cain and Abel and said you will have a war between the two seeds. And the one seed will always seek to kill and exterminate the other seed. See, but but John, one of
2: the things that I think ought to be crystal clear by now is that we are dealing with such people. Mm -hmm. Step number one, we're dealing with such people because the only non-negotiable issue on the Democrat Party's agenda is the killing of innocent human beings in the womb That's right these people are basically people who are saying and and there was a when i uh, went to uh notre dame i went to notre dame joining randall terry and others uh to de- demonstrate against notre dame's giving obama an honorary degree you have this catholic college supposedly believes in god and jesus christ giving a uh honor giving honor to somebody who is the high priest of the culture of death, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and this was a travesty. When I was there, you could hear some of these uh, young uh, women that they'd gathered together to do their les- leftist haranguing, as usual. And what was their mantra? Without abortion rights, women cannot be free. That means they equate freedom with the taking of innocent human life. Mm-hmm. You need to stop saying, I don't see the evil, I don't see the evil. That evil is right in front of us. They're deeply committed to that mindset, mm-hmm. which rejects God's command for the preservation of humanity. Not murder your babies, but be fruitful and multiply. That was God's word. And I don't get how people of a Christian background, Christian faith, Christian pastors, and others can excuse, somehow, in some way, connive at. Uh, this characteristic which reveals the murderous intent, the murderous heart, the God-rejecting heart of the Democrat Party now. Right. Uh, and, and I think we need to wake up to it and acknowledge that it's so. Uh, and I think, of course, the other side of it that was quite clear and came through in, in the COVID uh, uh, exercise is that once you have accepted the fact that they weren't trying to save lives, you must confront the fact, as I think we now must confront it with what's going on in our military and so forth, that they're trying to get rid of people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, I mean that in two senses. Mm-hmm. They're establishing a regime of indoctrination that says, if you don't tow our party line, which is directly and diametrically opposed to the constitutional premises of God-endowed right, yes, then you don't belong in this military. And we're going to kick you out And that basically means, since it's a godly premise, right, that everybody who reveres the premises of God's authority, they want to get them out of the military. Why do you think they want to do that? I think they want to do that so that they will have a military that will be like the Chinese army in Tiananmen Square. Exactly. Uh, That that will be like the Soviet army uh, rolling into Poland and other places, Czechoslovakia, that will kill. Innocent beings doing nothing more or less than what the Constitution allows because they're told to do it, right. and for no other reason. See? Uh, if you have Americans in that uniform who understand what it means to be Americans, you could not give such an order and expect it to be obeyed. But they're trying to prepare right now to create a tool in our military that will respond to that heinous attack and make it against the American people. Uh, And and, uh, that's why I think we need to be careful. It is not for us to decide when the sword is unsheathed. They will unsheath it. Right. And God will tell us what to do in that moment Mm -hmm. and he'll take care of the rest.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Gentlemen, it's stunning to me that uh, this campaign of uh, indoctrination has arrived at the point where it appears to be so easy for the communists, the socialists, to inject race, the whole racial issue, into the debate in such a way that many viewers of this program would just would co- maybe continue to watch it simply because we're not all white. In other words, re- this, this, uh, this idea they're spinning up that whites are evil and can't even possibly redeem themselves or even think Properly, simply because of their skin color, seems to be gaining traction right now. Can you gentlemen speak to that issue?
2: I just find it very hard to believe. Whatever the sort of media, that ideological, committed, leftist, uh, anti-American, Democrat media may say, I find it hard to believe that Americans are buying this because it violates a very simple logic. Now, let me see here. In the days of segregation and discrimination, the number one thing that we were told and, and the number one appeal that was made was summarized in Martin Luther King's famous speech uh, um, on the Mall when he said that he longed for the day when people would be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. That's right. right? And suddenly, after, by the way, astonishing success in the civil rights movement, in terms of removing the legal Mm pretenses for segregation and the legal idea that you could somehow violate the very clear words of the Constitution and withdraw the equal protection of the laws from black folks just because their skin is black. Well, I'm sorry, folks. If you can't withdraw that protection from people because their skin is black, then you can't withdraw it from others because their skin is white. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. And you can't say, You're, I'm going to punish you because your great-grandfather owned slaves. You can't say that either. See, uh, Because according to our law, we are to stand and be tried for our own actions and no other actions. Not for some heritage, not for some skin color. They are betraying us They are betraying our country. They are betraying the solid premise of justice for all. We had to fight for it. It didn't happen overnight. But that fight was waged, and contrary to their lies, it was not just waged by by aggrieved black people burning down cities and stuff the way their strategy suggests. No, it was waged by people with white skin, a lot of them, who didn't necessarily understand all the big arguments who only understood that according to our American belief, it's unjust to enslave another human being. Right. And once you see that humanity, you must also see the wrong of slavery. They waited through their own blood on battlefields we can scarce imagine for their horror. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it because they loved black people. They did it because they loved God and his truth and that will be our salvation now or we will not be saved right
1: john I, I i you know i'm going to ask you for your opinion even though you've got white skin right i mean you're like me whatever we say now i've been, I, I i i've been listening to some lectures by the people who are promoting this whole critical race theory thing and if you believe them john your answer the, it doesn't it almost doesn't matter what you say next or i say next simply it's because our skin is white. We are ignorant of truths that uh, are essential to the well-being of all people on the planet. And the only thing we can do is pay reparation and and apologize and grovel. And it's simply because our skin is white. Speak to that issue, even though nobody's going to listen. Sorry, make that big <laughs> Dutch. Go well, ahead.
3: If somebody says something to me about reparations. I mean, the the, the thing that that I say is this. You know. Uh, first off, none of my descendants were even in America during the Civil War. My, both my mom and dad's side didn't come over till the great migrations in the late 1800s. So, I mean, half of the people they're pointing fingers at as racist don't even have any ancestors here. But let's just say, you know, well, I'm from the north. I'm from Pennsylvania. This is where the Underground Railroad happened. This is where white churches put up their churches as Underground Railroad shelters to take blacks to slavery. I said, so now if we wanna talk about reparations, the reality of the situation is, is my white ancestors freed your black ancestors. Maybe you ought to pay me reparations, right? <laughs> it's all nonsense. It, everything the left uses is an absolute lie. Uh, if, if somebody wants to talk about you born a racist because you're white, you're born a racist, I'll stop them and I'll say this. I said, let me ask you a question and we'll circle back to that. What's your position on transgenderism and homosexuality? Do you think everybody should just be allowed to be the way they are? Well, yeah, they were born that way, so they can't change, so we just have to accept that. Well, according to your critical race theory, I was born a racist, so why are you trying to change my opinion and make (laughs) me not a racist? Can't you just let me be? All of this is nonsense because it contradicts the gospel of Christ that says everybody can change and everybody is redeemable. And that is John, the lie that's coming out of the mouth of the left. You see, but John, also, you're using...
2: I, I John, find using, that the whole... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, 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 go ahead. I was going to make the point that uh, John Diamond is u- obviously using uh, white logic there. And, Alan, I wondered if you could just comment on the fact that what he was actually doing was using logic. It's not white or black. It's just logic. But there's, there's a group of young people. I mean, there's a cohort in the academy now, Alan and John. That uh, that is intensely committed to this idea that uh, we can't, whites can't, that reason is somehow disconnect, that we can't reason because we're white and that logic is, is somehow, well, you know what I'm it,
2: saying? It's, it's not, I mean, I have encountered also though the premise which I think they actually follow, which is that reason itself and logic itself, these are patriarchal notions that reflect the domination of whites and males and so forth and so on, and we got to get rid of all of that. Um, and of course, if you get rid of all of that, then you can't reason logically. If you can't reason logically, then your understanding of mathematics and technology and everything else that actually se- severely depend on the application of logical discipline to your thinking process, all of it collapses, yes? So, you're starting to get closer and closer to the fact. This rejection of logic as white, aside from being an insult to the truth, uh, because when you examine the history of mathematics, of language, of other things like this, you'll find that the origins of alphabets and various forms of logic and so forth and so on, Some of it originated in Asia, some of it originated in uh, Greece, some of it originated in Africa, and so forth and so on. The likelihood is that contributions were made by people who were white, black, blue, green, as my mother used to say, many different colors and many different backgrounds and many different languages. And the lie that somehow our greater understanding of the use of our mind is dependent on skin color and race when those concepts were alien to the human race for most of its history. Okay, racism, in terms of the material colors, that is an invention of modern times. Late 19th, early 20th century junk and garbage, if you don't mind my saying so. Uh, people thought in terms of their families, in terms of their connections that then traced them and made them a nation because they were common ancestors and so forth. What was to break that? into something that then became beneficial to all humanity was when people like Thomas Paine writing common sense says that these people who say it's it's background of ancestry and all of this they just don't go back far enough and this is where the Christian biblical understanding is so critical right. cuz if you go back right. where that understanding tells you to go we are all of us traceable to a common ancestry and guess what Our science more and more verifies that likelihood. Every time I read something about this or that new uh, fossil and stuff being being exposed, it gets closer and closer to exactly mirroring the understanding in the scripture. So I reject it all. Mm -hmm. I think these people are doing it all simply in order to produce the collapse. They want to get us fighting with one another, induce the collapse of a civilization far superior Mm -hmm. to what has been achieved by all of these ruthless socialist communist tyrannies that have basically produced repression and mass murder more than anything else. And even communist China today, you could say, well, they're making progress and they're doing this and they have advanced technology, most of which they stole from somewhere else. Okay, let's be clear about it. And they didn't steal from America, uh, black America, white America, they stole from America. From people who, if you know the history, the contribution to our technology, to our nuclear technology, to our technology that took us into space. It was made by black folks, by white folks, by Asian folks, by Greek folks, by Italian folks, by folks from India, we're still doing it right now. These people are lying to us, about us. And and if we get taken in by their lies, we will do for them the job that they don't have the wherewithal to do against us. If we stand with the courage that God endows us with, we cannot be defeated. If we give in to their lies, they won't have to defeat us because we will have destroyed ourselves. That's our choice. And it's a simple yep. choice, I think.
1: Yep. And, and gentlemen, I think many, many uh, Christians are not thinking the thoughts that we're uh, talking about because they're still tuned in, many of them, to uh, theologies or cultures or societies or groups that are not exposing them to, this, to, the, to the threat that they face. I mean, that to me, that's kind of like the only explanation for why so many people are unquestioningly stepping up to take the jab when there's so much information out there that would help them to make a more reasonable decision. Um, it's, it's that they're not being exposed to these kinds of discussions. What are we, what are we, what uh, gentlemen, both of you, we've got five, four minutes left. Um, what is the one thing, the most important thing that a listener or viewer uh, to this show can go take away as an action item? What is the most important thing that, that a well-meaning, good-hearted, black, white, Asian, person who's watching the show, who's a patriotic American, can take away and do that one thing? Uh, Alan and then John. Hmm. Put you on the spot.
2: Well, that's interesting. Uh, Because I think that if if you ask me to say one thing, then I've already said it, sort of. Because I think the most important thing we need to remember is that the separation of church and state doctrine is a lie and that we will only survive as a free people living under a constitutional self-government that allows us to exercise responsible freedom. Responsible to whom? Responsible to God. If we remember God and get back to our common commitment to do right by God, the endowment of God's will.
1: So well, I, I would so. say I'll, that I think uh, you've
2: illustrated.
1: To, uh, I think you've <laughs> illustrated your the oh, lag here. I apologize, folks. Well, now I, no, I, no. I think I think I think you've illustrated the point you made with your life. Yeah, as I followed you over the last 20 30 years, um, you have brought your uh, you have applied your Christian faith to being an ambassador, to to being a candidate for president, to to uh, making your points politically, you've not, you've been very clear in applying uh, your moral thinking to what you're doing politically. And I think that's the point you're making here, is it not?
2: Amen. Yes, it is.
1: John, what would you say? What's the, what's the takeaway? What's the action item, the most important action item in your view?
3: Well, the action item is what we're doing right here and what you're doing there on the other side of that screen. I don't know if if you know this, but IMTV and Brighton TV are now forming a platform together to raise up a very powerful alternate media source. And that's what we need to do. When I spoke at the last news and journalism conference, I went to the first proverb and it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. If you're listening to Fox or CNN or the government or the schools, you are walking in the counsel of the ungodly. And God says this in Proverbs. He says there's six things that the God hates, seven are an abomination. Two of them, a lying tongue and those who sow discord among the brethren. That's exactly what the Democratic Party is doing right now. They are lying in an attempt to sow discord, which shows very clearly what side they're on
1: folks i would argue that this is perhaps uh an hour of media that you would want many of your friends to be exposed to so think about sharing it it's going to be available all over the internet on imtv and on wcntv.net as in its archive version and uh I think many people maybe won't turn it off because it isn't three white guys talking. I I hate to be so simplistic, but it's amazing (laughs) to me that the critical race theory people are gaining so much traction among the millennials, but uh, they can't say inspirational points because he's so much smarter than John and I. And Alan, I really, 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 I so appreciate you taking the time. I really appreciate you taking the time to be. uh, No, no, you see, that's
2: that's just a black privilege. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right, folks, we've used up our hour and uh, what a great uh, hour it's been. And Alan, I wish you all the best with your platform. And I'm so glad you're still in the fight. And, John, with your book, pray that that's the biggest success you've had thus far in your writing. And uh, it's wonderful that Brideon's teaming up, Mike Adams and all. And you guys, this is this is great. I think we're going to win. Amen. Amen. God willing. Thank you all for joining us. God bless, brother. God bless you. Amen. Uh...